100%. And I, I like, I see you, you know, I, this is something that I've gotten it down to like a very quick science. I do it a lot. I practice a lot, but I agree that when you start, it can feel daunting. So my biggest piece of advice is to start very small. Welcome to Minding Bliss, the podcast where we embark on a journey to unlock the incredible potential of your mindset. Join me as I dive deep into the profound impact your mindset has on your path as a mompreneur. I'm your host, Jessica, a passionate and dedicated mindset and habits coach. And I am here to guide you on a transformative path where your mindset, habits, and goals merge to help you create a blissful life. Each week, we'll explore powerful strategies, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you conquer your mindset overcome obstacles and thrive in both your business and motherhood. Whether you're a mompreneur juggling all the demands of family and entrepreneurship or seeking personal growth, this is the place for you. Get ready to transform your mindset, find the motivation that you need, and take action to create the results that you want. So grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and let's get started on this incredible journey together. Welcome to Minding Bliss. Hey mama, welcome to another episode of Minding Bliss. I am so excited about this episode because I had the pleasure of interviewing Jessica Smith. She is the host of The Fit Life with Jessica podcast, as well as the creator of Thrive, the membership, and the Cultivate Planner. Her mission in the membership, as well as the podcast, is to empower women to feel amazing in their own bodies, to embrace daily movement and healthy eating as a sustainable, positive habit versus a restrictive, daunting dread, and remembering that it's all about progress, not perfection. She draws some amazing nuggets in this episode. So I am so excited for you to learn more about her and what she has to offer. So let's go ahead and welcome Jessica. Jess, thank you so much for being here. I'm really, really stoked for everything that you have to say. You're going to bring so much value to my audience and to myself as well. So thank you for taking time to be here with me today. Thank you. Podcasting is one of my favorite things. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. So we'll just go ahead and get started. First question is in a world where time is precious for mompreneurs, as we know. Could you share your secrets for planning a week of healthy meals in just 20 minutes or less? Yes. So you're right. You hit the nail on the head with like, time is precious. There is only, there are so many hours in a day. And so many of us have really lofty goals when it comes to, you know, running a business or running a family, or, you know, maybe we have body goals. Like I want to have energy at the end of the day. I want to feel good in my own skin. I want to look hot on the date night. Right. So we have so many goals, but in order to reach those goals, we've really got to be intentional about our time and about things like planning out nourishing and healthy meals and about planning out your movement. Like really just instead of hoping those things happen, I'm a big, big believer in planning those out. One of my favorite things to do is to plan meals. And I want to make sure before I get the big eye roll, like it's not like I'm spending the entire Sunday in the kitchen making like 27 Pyrex dishes. I'm just talking about a little bit of thinking ahead. Think about like planning a menu, like you're a restaurateur and you're going to plan a menu for the week. Right. And there's a couple of things I do. I'll kind of walk you through my process of what I do before I sit down and I start to plan meals. The first thing I do is kind of check out my calendar and I sync up with my husband or your spouse or whomever's in your household. What's happening this week? Who has soccer practice? Who has a business dinner that's out? Who has a crazy work day where you're probably going to need like an easy day. Right. I just kind of look at my week at a glance first. 
so I can get an idea for what's going on that week. Next thing I do is I start plotting in dinners. Dinner seems to be that stickiest meal where it's going to relieve the most amount of like mental pressure off of me. If I can have like what's for dinner already planned out, right? Like the less I have to decide at 5 PM, the better off we, the better off we all are. For sure. Um, so then I'll just kind of plot in some meals. Right. I'll, I'll plot in some kind of my tried and true favorites, or I'll go to Pinterest or I'll go to my favorite recipe book and I'll plot in some of those meals. I'll plan for takeout some nights. If I need to, there's no shame in the takeout game plan for leftovers some night and just kind of make a plan. And then from there, that's kind of how I build my grocery list and all of that. And then you can layer in on top of that, right? If you're starting with your dinners, you can layer in lunches. Then after that, once you feel good with that, you can layer in maybe breakfast. But one of the biggest game changers for me and my business has been, let me just create a menu. So I don't have to think about what's for dinner at 5 PM. I've already decided once. And then all of that is done for me. I love that so much because that almost gets rid of that decision fatigue. It's just like, one more choice, one more decision that we don't even have to think about. Yes, you have to think about it for what, 20 minutes. But once you're done with that, it's so much easier. That's so, so nice. So I guess a follow up question to that is what's the framework or approach that you recommend for those mamas who just feel overwhelmed by meal planning? Like it sounds simple. And it sounds really easy. Like, okay, 20 minutes, I got this, but it may still feel overwhelming to some moms who maybe have tried it. And maybe it hasn't worked for them. 100%. And I, I like, I see you, you know, I, this is something that I've gotten it down to like a very quick science. I do it a lot. I practice a lot, but I agree that when you start, it can feel daunting. So my biggest piece of advice is to start very small. I'm staring at the book, tiny habits in my office, right? Like thinking about starting so, so, so tiny. Can you plan two meals for the next week? Like two, right? If that feels overwhelming, can you plan one? Maybe for your busiest day, if Mondays are just like your freaking insane day, maybe you plan one, right? And kind of, and then like master that. And that way you can get the quick win. I'm all about quick wins. If me or my clients can get like that quick hit of like, Ooh, I did that. Oh yeah. Like, yes. Um, then you can layer on, on top of that. We don't have to do seven meals all at once. Start small and feel the win and layer on top of that. I love that so much because whenever we think of habits, I don't think that many of us think of meal planning as a habit. Mm. We think of exercising or, you know, going to sleep on time or drinking water, but maybe meal planning is not on the top of our minds. And so I love how you're incorporating these habit strategies or techniques that we can implement into meal planning. And that's, that's golden. That was so good. I'm all about like taking stuff out of my brain. Like what is, what can I take off of my brain? Absolutely off of my mental plate, right? Like you mentioned decision fatigue earlier, like friend, that is a real thing. So you're right. Like how can we implement meal planning and look at it just like a habit? It's like a muscle we have to exercise and it's going to be hard at first and it's going to feel weird and awkward. And some weekends we might forget to do it. And you know, it's not a perfect science, but it's just about progression. And can we, can we try? Can we just get just a little bit better next week than we were the week prior? Oh, that's so good. That's so good because I know that for me, I, I've always had that personality of just being very type A, right? And I love trying to hit perfectionism and I already know that's not a thing. And I'm a, what do you call it? Uh, recovering, recovering perfectionist. (laughs) Same, (laughs) right? Because there's no, like, there's no such thing as perfection. Just get messy, go out there and do it. And I specifically love the fact that you said start with two meals. And if that's Mm -hmm. still too much, maybe start with one meal. Not an entire day, one meal. That sounds so doable if 
planning an entire week just sounds super overwhelming. That's so key. And like you said, if you have that small win, build upon that momentum and run with it. Like then plan for the next meal and the next meal. And it takes time. I just, I love this. I love everything that you mentioned. I'm just like thinking through it as I'm talking about it right now. I'm like, this is all making sense. This is so good. Yeah. Even like, even one of my clients, another note on like, if it feels too hard or difficult, she has a schedule that changes quickly. And sometimes like her days will just change. And I say, you know what, if planning a whole week, like feels daunting, maybe you split your week in half and like, can I plan Sunday to Wednesday? And then on Wednesday, I'll plan the rest of the week. So like taking things in kind of bite-sized chunks. And that has really helped her not feel like a failure when things don't go her way and not feel like, oh my gosh, I have not done this. Like it has to be all or nothing. So that's been a really helpful strategy for her, especially with meal planning. It's amazing to me how everything comes down to mindset. Yes. It comes down to how are you seeing it? Doesn't it? Yeah. And it's just incredible to, to realize that you, you can start small. And in fact, you should start small. I know that for me, when I start something, I always just want to go all in and all out. You do it all or you, like you're all in it or you're not in it. And that can quickly, you can quickly hit burnout. You can quickly just want to throw in the towel because if you are not used to something and then you just start all out, sure. You know, you went so intense for maybe a week and then it starts to get tiring because you're not used to it. And so if you want to, I love that you said that if you want to stay consistent and actually see long-term results, you gotta, you gotta start small. Absolutely. And you gotta be patient yourself. That's so good. Oh my gosh. Like literally through a, a bomb thank right you. now. It was so <laughs> good. So thank you for saying that. Okay. So I do want to ask you another follow-up question with that is, could you walk us through the five key things you plan each week that set you up for a successful week? Mm, yes. Can you all hear that? Like my love language is planning. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> yes. Quality time, gifts, and planning. Those are my love languages. <laughs> so I've learned, I'm, you know, I'm only in about year three of running my own business and being a mom and trying to, you know, sustain a household and be sane and all these things. I have learned that if I could plan a handful of things at the jump of my week, like on a Saturday or a Sunday, that my week just goes so much smoother. So yes, the five things that I plan out every single week, no surprise, one of them is meals that that just really helps reduce that decision fatigue, like you said. And when I'm deciding when I'm in a very rested state, when I'm in a like good headspace, usually while I'm sipping my favorite coffee, I tend to choose healthier options than if it's 4.30 on a Monday afternoon. I'm like, well, we're going to have pizza, right? So meals is definitely one of them. The second thing that I plan out and I recommend that a lot of my one-on-one clients plan out is movement or exercise. And that may sound strange if you've never thought about exercise planning, but how often have you said this where you're like, I will try to get in a workout today. And when you say that sometimes it happens and, and kudos when it does, but a lot of times life gets in the way or that client call got moved or this got pushed or your day just like gets away from you. So if we can be intentional about when we want to do that movement, it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be for an hour, right? Like I'm talking, if you're going to take the dog for a 20 minute walk and you want to do that five days a week, then I say, put it in your calendar. Just like you and I had a meeting in our calendar for this recording. Just like when you have a business meeting with your boss, it's in your calendars, right? So I plan out my movement and I get nitty gritty and I get down to like, okay, on Monday, I'm going to do a 20 minute lower body workout. And on Tuesday, I'm going to do a 30 minute Peloton ride. And on Wednesday, like I get super granular again, decision fatigue. So if I can kind of do 
or write down ahead of time what I'm going to do, I'm helping to hold myself accountable and I'm reducing that decision fatigue. So movement is number two. Number three is we plan something fun for the week. So we'll we'll plan like something to look forward to as a family. And it doesn't happen every week if I'm being totally honest, like the fun part, but I try and have at least one thing either that week or that weekend that I can really look forward to with the kids. I have two young kids and something that's just fun for all of us. Even if it's like, we're going to go have a family lunch date at our favorite outdoor Mexican restaurant, right? Like it could be whatever. We're going to go to the library. We're going to go for a walk at the greenway, but we plan something like a family fun activity once a week. Number four, the fourth thing I plan is their needle movers in my business and things that either I know have to get done or big meetings that I have, or things that are just like, what's going to really move the needle in my business. What's going to be either a getting me in front of more people, B getting more sales or C serving my clients, right? Like thinking through big needle movers, because can you just get in the weeds with your to-do list sometimes, especially in your business. But if you think about like, what's going to move the needle and get super, super specific about that. So I'll plan needle movers um, each and every week. And then the last thing is, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is I do a calendar sync. So while that's not not really planning something that's a part of the planning process is the calendar sync up with my husband and kind of everybody in the family. We didn't used to do that, but that has been such a big deal in our relationship and making the household run a bit more smoother so that there weren't any flubs at like three 30. And I was like, Ooh, I thought you were going to get the kids today. Oh no, it's me. Like, Ooh, whoops. Yeah. Or like, Oh, Sarah's birthday is on Sunday. Like this birthday party we were invited to, like, I forgot to tell you about it. And now we don't have a gift and you're going to, I took them last time. So it's your turn. So it just kind of helps set the right expectations for us, for meals, for who needs to be what, where there's a lot of things going on, right? So that calendar sync is definitely an element of that weekly planning. So those are the five things that I do. I, um, I plan those in my cultivate planner and it really helps keep me sane. That's amazing. And I could not agree with you more. It really is when you put yourself first and you take care of yourself everything else falls into place. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's going to flow perfectly or it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a roadblock right in the middle of the week, but you're going to be so much more prepared for it because you're mentally there. And I'm I'm all for when you exercise and when you take care of your body, you're going to be mentally alert. You're not going to have that fog mental, what do you call it? Minds, mind, brain, fog. brain fog. Yeah, I'm like mind, yeah. mindset. Yeah, yeah, brain fog. That sometimes just seems to take over, especially as moms. I mean, we're doing all the things and it's it can be so overwhelming and so hard. But when we take care of ourselves first, it's almost like we have more time somehow. It's like literally mm. magic. It's because we're being more productive. Oh, yeah. It's like you're bending time. A oh, yeah. You're bending time a little bit when you do that. And I something I mean, I'm glad you mentioned this to touch on. Like, it doesn't mean that our week don't go sideways sometimes. It doesn't mean that everything goes like perfectly according to plan. I mean, perfect example last week on Wednesday at 1 PM, the school nurse called me, your daughter's in um, the nurse, which she has a fever and she needs to go home. And I'm like, I'm not done with my day. Yep. I have more interviews today. Like I have more stuff to do. Yep. And the whole rest of the week just went to hell in a handbasket, honestly. And that happens and that's okay. And I had to learn to pivot but at least setting the intention is there, right? Like we all know things can happen with your kiddos and with life, but Absolutely. Um, we try and mitigate that, you know, at least we, as best we can. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we had this interview for last week and then my baby and I got sick. And so I asked if we could reschedule right? because this is exactly what happens. happens. And it's so true. I wanted to touch on what you said earlier was um, if it's not scheduled, it's not a priority to you. 
And it's so true. You can say, I'll, you know, I'll try to work out. I'll try to get a healthy meal in, or I'll try to do some self-care or whatever it is. I'll try just means that you most likely will not get it done most of the time because it's not a priority. And if it's not a priority, okay, at least you know what's not a priority in your life. Absolutely. But I do have to say that even if it's just 10 minutes of movement, even if it's just five minutes where you go on a little walk, it will, oh my gosh, it it will make such a difference in your day. Absolutely. Like I can attest to that. I personally have experienced it and it's just amazing. So yeah, that was so good. Thank you for just sharing all of that. That was those five key points are so important. And I feel like, I don't know if you meant to do those in order, but I feel almost like they are so perfect in the order that you mentioned them, like taking care of yourself, your family, business, and you continue to plan every single week, which is what's going to set you up for success. And I think that's exactly what we need as mompreneurs. So amazing. So I guess that brings me to my third question, which is, I know that there are many moms that are striving to be more intentional. And I, I mentioned intentionally because intentional, because that's something that you mentioned in the previous answer, but they're being intentional with their timing. That's what they're striving for, especially when it comes to meals and self-care. So could you dive deeper into the concept of intentional planning? Like what does that mean exactly? And how does that look for a mompreneur? Yeah, I think like, I think when you're being intentional with something, so much of it is really coming from like your internal motivation, right? It can be like this deeper underlay, like underlying why, you know, like maybe we're like surface level planning for our business or we're surface level talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna get healthier. And like, I'm going to, you know, stop doing this and start doing this. And it might feel like your surface level planning, but you're not being like super intentional about like, well, why am I doing this? And well, why do I want a meal plan? And like, what are the benefits of that? You don't have to like write this out, but just kind of thinking about it, right? There's a difference between just saying something and truly having the heart behind it, having the why behind it, like thinking through as, as kind of cheesy and silly as this might sound like thinking through, like, what does your future self look like? And thinking about like, can I look at life through the lens of like, how can I be like my future self now? What ways can I plan ahead or think ahead or do or whatever? Like, how can I help her out, you know, like the Jessica for tomorrow, the Jessica for a week from now or a month from now, the more intent I keep like using my hands. I'm such a hands person. Yeah. (laughs) The more, you know, heart that's behind it and the more oomph and like zest behind that, I think is like intangible as that might sound makes a difference. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like once you understand your why and there's an emotional connection to your why, whatever comes your way, you're going to get through it because Mm -hmm. of your why, because your why is so strong. You have a clear vision of what you want, why you're doing this. And it's going to be so much easier to say no to the things that are going to derail your progress or to say yes to the things that are going to help you get to your goal, whether that's meal planning, whether that's toning up, losing weight, hitting 100K, whatever it is that your goal is, it's going to be that one thing, the drive that's going to push you forward. So I'm right there with you. Do you have any like specific strategies that you recommend for busy mompreneurs to stick with these plans so that they can actually stay consistent? Mm, Yeah. I mean, accountability is one of my favorite words. (laughs) I love that. And I'll tell you, it's always been the best 
with accountability. I can tell you a little story about like the light bulb moment that I had about accountability and, and then some ideas and strategies of like how to stay more accountable, no matter what your you know goal is. But so I was reading this book and this was back in mm, maybe 2017, 2018. And I had like just started, I had just started dabbling in like the personal development world, right? I had just had my second kid. I was going back to work. I was working in corporate. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, there's gotta be more to life. Like I felt like this big calling, like something, something is bigger. Right. And so I started reading all these like books and whether you want self-help or personal development or whatever, I was reading girl, wash your face by Rachel Hollis, um, which back in 2017 was like a big deal. That book was a massive deal. And she had this whole chapter about how you're breaking promises to yourself and how, like, if you tell your best friend, you're going to meet her at Starbucks at seven, you're going to meet her at Starbucks at seven. Or if you tell your boss, you're going to get him this report by this day and time, you're going to do it. Or if you tell your kid, you're going to go meet him for lunch that day, you're going to do it. You don't break promises to anyone else. But yet when I say I'm going to train for and run a 5k, And then every day I don't hit my training plan. I'm breaking a freaking promise to myself. And I had never looked at it that way. And it was the biggest, holy crap, punch me in the gut. I'm going to barf, you know, big epiphany. I can't believe I have been breaking promises to myself left and right. And that was this big light bulb. And that was a huge thing that really inspired this whole health and fitness accountability business that was built back in 2020. So I say all of that to say this, some, some ways to hold yourself accountable, whether it's with a new eating plan, whether it's getting your movement in, whether it's drinking your water, whether it's ditching alcohol or diet Coke, like whatever it is, a couple of things come to mind. First, I think is just putting it out in the universe, like speaking it aloud, putting it on social, telling a friend, telling your spouse, right? Like telling somebody what you're going to do helps hold you accountable. The more people who know, the more, the more accountable you're going to be. Right. Yep. Um, another thing is to get an accountability partner, whether that's a friend in your neighborhood that you guys can say, Hey, we're going to walk together after we drop the kids off at the bus stop every single morning, Monday through Friday. I don't care if it's cold, snowing, raining, whatever you're on your period. We're going to go. Who cares? Right. That's your accountability, buddy. Maybe it's hiring a trainer at the gym where if you don't go, you've lost your money. Maybe it's hiring a coach yep. where, They check in with you all the time. Like, yo, what's going on? Let's dig into this. But accountability partners are huge. It doesn't always have to be your spouse. Let me just say that out loud. Like a lot of times we feel like, oh, I should be able, like my accountability partner should be my spouse. And sometimes there's just some weird tension there. There's some awkwardness there. So find somebody who can, that doesn't make you feel a little weird about that. There's something weird about me admitting my health and wellness stuff to my husband is like, Ooh, that doesn't, that doesn't feel so good. But that coupled with community, right? Like whether it's virtual community or whether it's in real life community, but finding a group of other women that can support you in these goals, right? Whether it's accountability with your body, whether it's accountability with your business, like, Hey, you said you're going to post on social five days last week. Like what's up? How can I help you? Um, those are some of my favorite ways to, to stay accountable. I'll say one last suggestion is habit tracking. And this could be done through an app, through a planner, through, you know, I have a cultivate planner where there's a habit tracker in there, but that's a really way to keep yourself honest. You know, if you say I'm going to drink a hundred ounces of water a day and you can check off the days that you do, and it's not to induce shame when you don't, but it's simply to collect data. And it's for you to notice like, Hmm, I'm not hitting that goal six out of seven days. Let me dig into that and see why maybe I need to edit the goal. Maybe it's too big of a goal. Maybe the time of day is off. 
Maybe they'll what like there are things you have to alter then about that goal to help you hit that or that habit to help you hit it. So that's another really big one too. It was a long answer, but no, that was so good. I was literally nodding the entire time because I couldn't agree more. So I was going to say funny story, but I actually go to Orange Theory to do my workouts, and the way they have it set up is you can't cancel the class that you sign up for unless it's or you have eight hours eight hours before class. You have to cancel it before eight hours before class, if that makes any sense. Yes. Um, And if you try to cancel seven, six, four, five hours before class, they charge you. And so Mm. while some people may not like that, I personally love it because I can tell you how many times I don't feel motivated to go. I, it's cloudy and gloomy and I'm like, like, I really don't want to go. Like, I really don't want to go, but I really don't want to get charged. And guess who shows up every time I do Yes, because I do not want to get charged. And I, I promise that every single time that I go and I'm done with my workout, I have never regretted it. Even when I really didn't want to go before. Mm. And so I love the way they have that set up because it helps me stay accountable. On top of that, when I go, all the coaches and all the trainers know you by name. They ask you how you're doing. They ask you, they even push you to lift heavier or to push yourself. And I love that so much because you feel seen, you feel like someone is actually helping me. They know what my goals are and they're helping me achieve my goals. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to get charged. I need to continue showing up. And so having a community, having a partner, an accountability partner, or just having someone who can help you show up and stay consistent is going to help you when you, when you really don't feel motivated, because let's be real, you can't rely on motivation. You're not always going to be motivated. You just have to rely on being disciplined, even when when it's not comfortable. The other thing I was going to say is with tracking. Yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. I actually downloaded this app where I track my goals. So like one of my goals right now Mm. is hitting 10 K steps every single day. And before that, so before I started tracking, I just kept saying in my mind, like, I can't, I can't just hit 10 K steps here in the house because now it's getting cold outside and I don't always want to go outside when it's freezing. And I remember one day I'm like, I'm just going to track. And this was not on a Monday. This was actually on a Thursday. Normally my mind would be like, start on a Monday, start in November, like once it's a new month or start at the beginning of the year. Yes. I'm like, screw all that. We're just going to start at 7 PM on a Thursday. I'm going to just start tracking. First day I hit like, it was like 6,000 something steps. I'm like, okay, whatever. First day. The second day I hit my 10,000 steps literally in our house. I didn't even go outside that day. And that just showed me, wow, this is doable. Like I don't Mm -hmm. even have to go to the gym to hit my 10,000 steps. I can, if I really want it, and if this is a goal of mine and my why is strong enough, I will get it done. And I, it's been like two weeks already and I've been hitting my 10,000 steps every day, but also because tracking actually motivates me and builds that momentum. I'm like, I see all the circles. Like I got to (laughs) continue. I got to continue hitting those circles. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. That was, that is something so helpful. Oh yeah. There's something so powerful about tracking. Yes. I forget the exact quote, but it's by, um, it's by Gretchen Rubin, who is an author. She's written like the four tendencies and the happiness project. And she talks about like things that you track is really what your focus is. And you also think, for example, if you're tracking the amount of water, like you think you drink more than you actually do or steps, you're like, Oh, I get in like 
8k daily and you're like oh geez i've only gotten like 5k in like so tracking it helps just give you so much more accurate data too like it's it's all just data and there's no shame in it it's just data to help you solidify these habits yes and it does help you stay more focused because when i used to for example if i go to the store i used to park really close now i'm mindful because i'm like okay well yeah i'm at seven thousand steps let's park a little bit farther and so that's exactly what i've been doing and so it's not the fact that like you said it's not about causing you some like shame it's not about that it's about being intentional like i love that word <laughs> intentional we keep coming back to it yes exactly just being intentional about what you do throughout the day, because your focus is drinking a hundred ounces of water or eating at least a hundred grams of protein every day. It's just being mindful of what you do throughout the day totally, because of what you're tracking. So, woof, so good. So you mentioned your cultivate planner as a helpful tool for this process. Can you share how tools like planners, and I know we kind of just talked about this, but I would love to have your intake on this. Can you share how tools like planners or apps can facilitate effective planning. Yeah. I think for everybody, you're going to have a different system that really works the best for you. So I think first and foremost, know what works for you. Like if you love pen and paper and you're just like, I call myself a planner whore. Like I have so many planners and so many notebooks. Like I have, I love paper. I love paper. So like for me, I love a good planner. I mean, I created one and I'll tell you about that one in a minute, but find what works for you. If you're a digital girl and you're like, nope, I don't want any more paper and you want apps or you want a Google sheet or whatever, like sister do what works for you, but find a system that works. I I do think there's something really powerful about pen to paper. There's something powerful about writing out, whether it's your goals, your habits, your plans for the week, the intentionality of it, like putting that on paper just really solidifies things even more to, to help you, you know, call this in to help, um, stay accountable. The Cultivate Planner is cool. It was a product that I created. I started designing this last summer where there was like like a hole where I was like, I'm working with clients. I'm wanting something I can help them plan, but we can also track these habits we're working on. There wasn't anything in the market that I could find that I really wanted. Like, I don't want a calendar. I don't want just a workout planner. I don't want just a meal planner. I want like a little bit of everything. So the Cultivate Planner is designed to be a weekly planner where you can plan your meals, your movements, and also track the habits that mean the most to you. it's um, a 90 day undated planner. So you can come in at any time, hop in there, plan your week, plan your meals. There's even cute little grocery list pages that you can tear out and take with you. So it's set up to help you be intentional. So whether it's the cultivate planner or any other kind of paper planner or digital planner that you like finding one that works for you and sticking to it has been a big game changer for me. And also just, you know, having one place to go to, if I'm like, okay, this is where I go to plan my week. And knowing that it's that product, whatever it is, helps me keep going with that same habit. Absolutely. It's almost like these tools can streamline, you know, your weekly routines and create even more room for meaningful habits. Because at the end of the day, that's exactly what we're trying to build. You know, I always tell people and I always say, yes, you can have a goal and that's amazing. Have that goal in mind. But if you're not living according to that goal, meaning if you're not establishing habits that help you achieve that goal, then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you visualize this goal. It doesn't matter how much you say you're going to have this goal if you don't have the daily habits that will help you get there. So at the end of the day, it's about focusing on your daily habits. If you're focusing on your habits that help you achieve that goal, you're going to achieve that goal. It's just, it's just, that's how it is. 
but it's about staying consistent. And how do you stay consistent? And we go back to what we already talked about. Accountability is key and it's going to help you on the days that are just hard days that it's tough and you don't want to get out of bed, but also tracking them. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, so good. And I do want you to, at the end of the interview, I would love for you to elaborate a little bit more on your cultivate planner and where these wonderful listeners, entrepreneurs can gain access to it. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but we know that habits play a significant role in a mompreneur's daily life. You know, we have all these habits that may not help us achieve our goals. Some can help us, but could you provide us with some insights into how mompreneurs can identify the most impactful habits for their well-being and productivity? Ooh, that's a good question. So the the habits that are going to help their well-being and their productivity. I think before you identify the habits, I think back to what you just said, it's thinking about what's the end game. Like, what is your goal? So if you're thinking about this through the scope of your, you know, your body, your physical human, which I kind of think about it like a pyramid, right? Like my physical body and then my mental state and my emotional state is kind of at the top of the pyramid or funnel, right? Top of the funnel. And everything kind of trickles down beneath that your business, your home, your family, your friends, like all of those things. So if you think about it through the lens of like just you and your physical body and your, you know, your well-being. Number one, consider what's your end game or your goal. Say your goal is to just have more energy to feel confident when you get up in front of a room or when you get on Instagram live, or when you walk into your conference room at your you know office, like whatever your goal is, then kind of identifying the habits, like you just mentioned, that are going to help you get to that. Right. But as a general rule, I mean, if you're thinking 30,000 foot view, if you're thinking like broad, broad, broad strokes, if we can take care of ourselves, everything else is going to run more smoother. So some of the habits that come to mind first, like if we, if we want to get nitty gritty about them are going to be like, are you staying hydrated? Are you drinking diet Coke and coffee all day? Are you drinking some water in there? <laughs> like your body's thirsty. So adding in something like at drinking water is a huge, huge addition and an easy habit to start with. I think about moving your body, not from a place of, I have to burn off food or not from a place of, I have to earn my treat later. That's BS. You don't have to earn anything. Okay. Movement is medicine. Movement is to release energy from our body. For me, it's to help me handle my anxiety. It's to just help me feel better overall. So finding movement that you love is another huge habit to help you just feel better overall. Another one is nourishing your body with healthy food, right? And that can look so different depending upon your age, your body, your hormones, your metabolism, like what kind of dietary needs do you need, right? Like no two people are alike, but nourishing your body with food, like eating, like you love yourself. Like those are three really keystone habits right there. They're going to help you feel better in your physical body to help you do better in your business, in your family in your life. That that was really good. I was thinking about, as you were saying that this past week, I was listening to a podcast episode. It was with Lori Harder and she was interviewing Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, where she talks about how to take care of your health because your business will go as far as your health. In other words, mm, yeah, I said it differently, but that's, that's what I got from it. And it was so good because, you know, you can try to work so hard at your business, but the moment you get sick, you get sick. And it's going to be really hard to continue moving forward in your business or just in life in general. And so taking care of your health is a priority. We don't have the luxury as entrepreneurs, as human beings, of course, but specifically as entrepreneurs to 
get sick and to not feel well, because that's going to reflect in the way we do business. That's going to reflect in the way we are mothers, right? I, I always say, I'm like, one wish that I would love is that moms could not get sick Ugh. and the children could not get sick because that would be really nice. I feel like when a mom is sick or when a child is sick, it's so much harder. I feel like life is just tough. But this is why it's so important to take care of your health. And these habits that you mentioned are things that we do every single day. They're not things that you have to go out of your way to do. So we all eat, right? Every single morning you wake up and you have breakfast or you have lunch, like you eat every single day. So instead of eating that pizza, why not, if we're planning ahead of time, have some healthy carbs and some protein. Exactly. Or why don't we wake up and intentionally remember, let's have 30 grams of protein with this breakfast instead of having cereal, right? Yes. We walk every single day, whether we're walking from the kitchen to the room, from the office to the bathroom, whatever it is, being intentional. Maybe let's go outside for 10 minutes or... If you don't want to go outside because it's so gloomy, like sometimes it's for me, well, then maybe go the longer way to the kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> like oh, yeah. just being intentional about these little things that can go a long way. Because if you do see it that way, your health is more important than your business, more important than anything. You want to have a healthy and you want to live a long life for your children you know, for yourself. And so these little habits added up to months, years, decades will be something that you'll be so grateful for and not regret like those bad habits that sometimes we have. <laughs> mm, you hit the nail on the head. Something that I see a lot in female entrepreneurs is, you know, thinking that the line item on your to-do list of workout or eating healthier, like any insert, any healthy habit, they think that that is like separate from their business to-do list, but I challenge you to flip the script and consider your wellness as a part of your business to-do list, because you are right. Your business can only run as well as you. And the, the minute you flip the script and think, Oh, this walk that I'm taking in the middle of the day to clear my head, this 10 minute walk right after lunch to help like stabilize my blood sugar. This is actually a part of my business. This is helping my business, right? This nourishing meal that I thought about ahead of time, this is helping my meetings in the afternoon. Like Instead of it being like, oh, well, that's a nice to have, but that's not like a part of my business to-do list. Ma'am, it is. So just flipping that, like you said at the beginning, like isn't so much of it mindset, like flipping that mindset about what that looks like. Absolutely. And if you think about it, you feel so much more productive. Mm -hmm. Like if you go out, if you go out in the morning for 15 minutes on a little walk, and then you come back to your Zoom meeting that you have, you're going to come with a different energy versus if you were to just get out of bed and join the meeting. So different. You're refreshed. Oh, yeah. 1000%. And so that's how it is with any, any little thing. So before we wrap up, I would love for you to kind of talk a little bit more about your cultivate planners. If this mompreneur is listening to this podcast right now, and she's like, that sounds amazing. Where can I access this? Where do I purchase it? Where do I go? Please tell us all about it. Yes. Yes. Get yourself a cultivate planner. It's like the best gift you can give yourself. Like I said, it is a undated 90 day weekly planner. So it doesn't matter what month or the year it is that you're listening to this, you can come in at any time and use this. There's a weekly spread for you to plan your meals, your movement, and also to track the habits that you're trying to cultivate. So you can go to my website. It's just the fit life Jessica.com. And there's a little tab that says shop the planner. So you can shop it there. I've also got it on Etsy, but I'll send you the links to it. You can just visit my website and, and get it there. Absolutely. Love it. I will go ahead and add those um, in the show notes. 
And where can these amazing mamas connect with you? If they want to get in touch with you. Yeah. So I would say there's only so much I can teach in, you know, a podcast interview. I'll give you the link to one of my free resources. And that is the best place to start. If you want to learn any more, it digs a lot deeper into the meal planning process. It's called how to plan a week of meals in under 20 minutes. And if you like podcasts, which I assume you do because you're listening to this one, um, this is actually a private podcast. So you can pop in your headphones, listen to the episodes. They're super short. And then it's got all my contact information in there. So I would say start there if you want to learn more and connect with me. Love that. Well, thank you Jess so much again for being here for just being so authentic, so relatable and so inspirational as well. I feel like we need that in our day to day, every single day. So thanks Jess. I appreciate you. And until next week, thank you for tuning into another empowering episode of Minding Bliss. I hope you found inspiration and practical steps and strategies to elevate your mindset and navigate the joys and challenges of mompreneurship. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an opportunity to feel your growth and transformation. And hey mom, you know sharing is caring so feel free to share this podcast with other mompreneurs who could use a dose of inspiration in their day also i would love to hear from you what was your biggest takeaway send me a personal message to my instagram at empowering period mompreneurs and let me know now before i go please remember this one thing you have the power within you to create a life of bliss it all starts with the transformative power of your mind keep believing in yourself taking inspiring action every single day and embrace the journey. Until next time, Mama, keep thriving, keep shining, and keep minding bliss.